that's sad and lonely And all I gotta do is act naturally Well, I'll bet you I'm a gonna be a big star Might win an Oscar, you can't Welcome to Meet Me at the Movies, Noel T. Manning the second here with my good buddy, Mr. Adam Long. Hey, buddy. How are you, man? Doing well. Long time no talk. <laughs> <laughs> On the show, anyway. <laughs> so we, we, did, we did an Oscar thing, but, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. we haven't done just a regular show thing. You know? Well, it is good to have you, man. Always good to, to, to chat with you about movies and uh, we had a regular show for years, Cinema Scene, and I know that you've been quite busy with Movie Geeks United. And uh, on occasion, I like to get you back in to chat about some stuff. And I tell you, man, uh, today I, I, I sent you a message and I said, Adam, I said, I'm going to be doing some specialty shows. And I threw out several dates uh, as far as time periods, years. And you said 1981 looks like something you may want to talk about because I think mm -hmm. it uh, has a film that may be one of your favorites of all time. So we said, yeah, let's go for this. Uh, for those that have never watched this show before or listened to it uh, through the podcast version, uh, I am Noel Manning. That's Adam Long. And uh, we talk movies uh, right here on Meet Me at the Movies and uh, everything from movie reviews to specialty shows to even looking at some things on television and streaming services that have this cinematic feel or cinematic quality so uh everything relating to really the visual entertainment medium we we cover and today we are looking back at the year that was uh, 1981 and uh, adam i'm going to let you kind of dive in first uh, and and we're going to go back and forth and we'll see uh, how many films we get through and i know we're not going to get through everybody's list which is fine uh, if, if you have a film that we did not get to that you think we should have mentioned give us an email uh, info at c19.tv. All right, Adam, dive in, buddy. Let me know what's on the top of your list or what's on your list. Well, it's um, at the very top of my list is a film that was released in July of 1981, directed by the great Brian De Palma. Now, most of our viewers probably know Mr. De Palma from his 1976 film Carrie and his 1983 film Scarface and his 1987 film or 1996 film Mission Impossible, I guess, with Tom Cruise. Those are the ones that most people know Brian De Palma uh, for. But Brian De Palma was the uh, heir apparent to Alfred Hitchcock, some people would say. And he took a lot of Hitchcock's techniques and he took them to the next level. Um, he's a lot of people accused him of being a Hitchcock imitator. I don't think so. I think he took some of the same concepts that Hitchcock was known for and just did something really neat with them by taking them to the next level. And he did uh, never did better work on that sub on that in that genre, rather I should say, than he did with the 1981 film Blowout, which is the story of. Uh, and and this is uh, just to give a quick background about this film. Uh, this was John Travolta coming off of the double success of, or, or rather triple success of Saturday Night Fever, Grease, Urban Cowboy. He had one misstep in between all of that moment by moment, which we'll not talk about, <laughs> which uh, was pulled from theaters literally two weeks after it came out in Christmas of 78. But other than that one misstep, he, he was really on a roll. So there was much anticipation which, with what he was going to do next. And Blowout was that film. And essentially, the film is about a sound engineer uh, for the movies who accidentally records a murder. 
uh, and he there's a, a conspiracy. He finds out there's a conspiracy. The governor of the state uh, is uh, the victim in this, and he was well on his way to possibly becoming the president. And he, he the more he um, gets into it, he figures out that you know uh, this was not a mere blowout of a tire. This was a, a real serious. Uh, somebody was trying to take out the governor on purpose, and they succeeded. And in the midst of all this, he falls in love with a prostitute played by Nancy Allen, who was in the car with the governor, also paid to be there, and they develop a professional and personal relationship. And anyway, the film has a spectacular ending that I don't want to give away that takes place during the 4th of July celebration in uh, Philadelphia. Uh, it's an amazingly orchestrated uh, finale of the film. The film does have a downbeat ending, uh, I'm going to warn people about that. Um, Travolta's work is just amazing here. I think the final scene in the film is completely heartbreaking. It is the work that he did in this film that led to his being cast in Pulp Fiction. So it's interesting to note that, that uh, Tarantino, this is number three on his top ten of all-time films, I think. So I feel like I'm in good company with this one. Uh, but the film is incredibly well shot by Vilmo Sigmund, who shot so many other films uh, Close Encounters was one of them. Uh, McCabe and Mrs. Miller. Uh, we could just go through all the. the yeah, he's just an amazing. So anyway, uh, that's essentially. I don't want to give too much away. John Lithgow is the villain here. He's uh, never been slimier in, in a in a film than he is here too. But this is just uh, just a, a masterpiece of storytelling to me and filmmaking technique, and it all comes together in such a wonderful way. Uh, one just quick bit of trivia that people might be interested to know about is that uh, the final sequence of the film was shot and done and then somebody stole the footage on a Friday afternoon from the film truck uh, after uh, it was as it was going to be sent to the lab to be developed and they had to sh reshoot the entire final half of the uh, final 30 minutes of the film all over again when they found out the following Monday that their footage had been stolen it was never found and um so anyway, that added to some more expenses. The film's budget climbed, I think, from to eight to ten million or something like that. But anyway, uh, the film did not connect with audiences in 1981. It was a tremendous failure, uh, sadly. But now it's considered to be uh, one of the great films of the 80s. So, yeah, absolutely, uh, one of the best yeah. films uh, of all times, really. When you when you look at it, and uh, just a solid, solid film. Uh, blowout from 1981, and we are talking. Films of 1981, and I got to tell you, Adam, I was a big fan of horror films during this time period, and so many horror films connected with me for different reasons, and depending on how many we get to, you might see a few of those or hear us talk about a few of those on my list, and so I'll start with one uh, that still is one of my favorites of all time, and it's American Werewolf in London. Uh, released in August uh, of 1981, and it follows two college students who are on this walking tour of Britain. They were attacked by a werewolf, and none of the locals actually admit that werewolves exist. Uh, it's a horror comedy that's got some drama in it as well. I thought the special effects in this at the time were brilliant. They were they were kind of uh, groundbreaking, uh, along with another uh, film that I think I'll go ahead and dive in and talk about too, but uh, John Landis uh, wrote and directed this. Uh, David Naughton, who uh, went on to be the, uh, the the spokes dancer and singer for Dr. Pepper, uh, who, uh, hey, you want to be a pepper? I want to be a pepper too. Griffin Dunn also in this. And uh, Rick Baker, 
uh, serving as the makeup king. And if you're looking for a, a 1981 double feature, I'll go ahead and tag this on, Adam. The Howling from 1981, March of 1981. I saw this on my birthday. I'm, I'm a March 15th baby, so I saw this on opening weekend. Uh, this film, D. Wallace, uh, I, I love D. Wallace. Uh, she was in this. Uh, Dennis Dugan, who went on to direct several uh, films with uh, Adam Sandler. Slim Pickens, also in this. Uh, and Rick Baker, once again, coming back with special effects. Uh, in this werewolf film, another werewolf film, uh, a serial killer, a news reporter, and residents who have some wolf-like qualities all come together for, once again, special effects that are just purely amazing. This one has a lot less of the comedy than American Werewolf in London, but if you're in a uh, werewolf mood, uh, check out this as a double feature, uh, The Howling and American Werewolf in London. Uh, any thoughts or comments you want to share on either one of those? I could not agree more. Both of those films are excellent. Uh, I would call them masterpieces of the horror genre. Um, just an excellent blend of comedy and, uh, you know, horror, and uh, just b both of them just so masterfully orchestrated. I, I will say that it's worth noting that American Werewolf in London, the special effects were so groundbreaking that prior to that film, there was no Oscar for best special makeup effects. And that was the film that served as the impetus for the Academy uh, deciding to, hey, we, we need an Academy uh, category for Best Makeup Effects, and it won. It was the first winner for the uh, Special Effects, uh, Best uh, Special Makeup Effects. And one other thing I will mention, too, is uh, David Naughton actually had a top 10 single in 1979 called Making It, too. So. <laughs> Absolutely, man. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, man, we've got time before the break to dive in to uh, one more. So give us one more on your list, and then we'll uh, come back after the break and hit uh, hit a few more. Well, I, I think this one's a pretty obvious one, you know, and I, there's nothing I can add to this one. But Raiders of the Lost Ark, I think uh, you can't talk about the summer of 1981 without speaking of uh, – or just 1981 in general, not just the summer. Uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, just an incredible – Incredible film uh, coming off of Spielberg's failure with uh, 1941, which I am a fan of 1941. I know, uh, you know, it was, it, a lot of people disliked it. Some people did like it. I am a fan. Um, but uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, the, the expectations were kind of low when people were looking for Spielberg to fail because he'd been riding so high and then he had crashed with 41. And, uh, and so Raiders was not a lot of expectations for that. Uh, filmed very cheaply, uh, relatively speaking. And we, we, the rest is history. <laughs> and you've got to love films that can be groundbreaking. We mentioned that with The Howling and also uh, one with, with this, The Raiders of the Lost Ark. And why it was groundbreaking is it actually spawned other films of the type, uh, other of those adventure type films that tried to model what had happened here. And if you look at really what Raiders was, it was modeled after these serials back from when Spielberg was growing up. And uh, yeah, Raiders just uh, amazing. And here we are years and years and years later. And it's still one of those that we continue to talk about. And uh, another uh, Raiders uh, is, uh, is in the works. And there was a, even a, a TV series that was short-lived, uh, the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles, which I thoroughly enjoyed uh, and actually have all of those on, uh, on disc. So uh, yeah, Raiders of the Lost Ark, uh, you're right. What more can you say about just the, the brilliance of what that was and, and what that did to um, secure really what we expect when we're talking about summer blockbusters. You are watching uh, Meet Me at the Movies right here on C19 TV. And if you're listening 
through our radio and podcast version. That's through WGWG.org. I'm Noel T. Manning II, hanging out with Adam Long, and we are talking about the year that was 1981, and we're just covering some films that spoke to us for one reason or another. We're going to have a quick intermission. We'll be back with more, and we'll pick it back right here in 1991. 1981. <laughs> I know what you meant. 1981. Our more in-depth diploma program can give you the technical know-how and skills to handle residential and some big commercial projects. You learn how to lay, install, and maintain piping fixtures and systems for gas, hot water, drainage, sprinkling, and plumbing processing systems in any environment. Job security, good pay, professional status. Now the question is, are you ready to start your journey today? Hello, welcome back to Meet Me in the Movies. Noel T. Manning II here with Adam Long, and we were talking about the year that was 1981, not 1991 or 2001. So we're taking you back in time uh, to explore films that spoke to us uh, for one reason or another. Uh, and I'll start this uh, off, Adam. We, uh, if, if you missed the top of the show, we talked about Raiders of the Lost Ark. We talked about The Howling, uh, American Werewolf in London, and also Blowout. And uh, I can't talk about 1981 without talking about uh, alums from Saturday Night Live. And uh, there were so many that had success uh, in the 80s. Uh, and if you look at really um, the early 80s, that's when things really started to launch and you started to see that if you made it on SNL and you were a success, you could find true success at the box office. Uh, Bill Murray, John Candy, uh, and Harold Ramis come together in a film called Stripes that is a fish out of water um, comedy that was released in June of 81. Uh, two friends who are kind of dissatisfied with their jobs and with life in general 
decide what better things to do than to go into the army and have a little bit of fun. And that's exactly what they do. And of course they want to find girls because they figure that's how they can get the girl. If they're wearing a uniform, pretty much like we think back, if we look at Andy Griffith, you know, Ernest T. Bass, he, he said, if I have a uniform, I'm going to get a girl. And it's the same concept. Uh, I, I thought this movie, uh, the dialogue, the character chemistry, the situations and the supporting cast. What an amazing supporting cast in this. Uh, PJ Souls, I think you, did you interview PJ years ago? I, I met her. I, I spent okay. some time with her, but I, I, had, I didn't actually get a chance to interview gotcha. her, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, yeah lo John, lovely, lovely uh, lady. Real sweet. Yeah, John, John Learcat also uh, in this. Uh, it really is just a purely perfect comedy in, in so many different ways. And I love the tagline, that the tagline, uh, said, today's army needs men of courage, honesty, integrity, and ambition. And instead, they got John Winger. So <laughs> there you go. Uh, Stripes is definitely one to, worth revisiting. Uh, and uh, if you uh, like Man for Man's song, Do Wa Diddy, uh, you can find a, a perfect recreation of that right there uh, on the film Stripes. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Stripes is great. Uh, there are a couple of other SNL movies that came out that year. Uh, well, with featuring former SNL al alumni, I guess you would say, uh, two with uh, John, uh, John Belushi, sorry, Continental Divide and Neighbors, which uh, Continental Divide is a dramatic turn from him that's uh, where he plays a newspaper man uh, who falls in love with a city girl. He's, I mean, he's a city guy who falls in love with a, a girl who uh, is a conservationist. I, I believe that's what it is. But anyway, it's like, a, you know, city, city guy and rural girl fall in love and try to make that work. And anyway, it's, uh, you know, that's, you know, so there's, yeah, there's some interesting ones there. Yeah, and you mentioned neighbors. I mean, I like that one too. That was on my list, and so I'll go ahead and mention it since you you tagged it. Belushi, Aykroyd uh, together, and we know how good they are. Uh, John Abbotson directed this, score by Bill Conti. Uh, the character chemistry here uh, purely perfect as well between Belushi and Aykroyd, and uh, it's uh, you know it's a film about a, a quiet man's suburban lifestyle that's threatened by an obnoxious couple next door. It's nothing new, but it always works. It always works, especially if you've got the right cast. And here they did have the right cast and Neighbors that was released uh, in December of 2018. All right, man, what you got, buddy? All right, so we'll run through a few of these just real fast. Uh, no, we're good, we're good. I'll let you know we're on time. Go ahead and, well, okay. go ahead and just dive well, into I one. Just, I, I feel like I uh, belabored the point with Blowout, but I love it. I can't help it. So uh, it's all right, buddy. So we'll, we'll move along. Ragtime from uh, the, the around Christmas time of that year. Ragtime was released, and that was a much anticipated adaptation of the E.L. Doctorow novel, which had been a bestseller uh, several years prior. Uh, Milos Forman directs this film. Uh, Milos Forman, of course, who directed Amadeus and One Flew of the Cuckoo's Nest, uh, and later Man in the Moon with Jim Carrey. This is a fantastic. Uh, kind of a kaleidoscope of a, of a bunch of different characters at the turn of the century. And Howard E. Rollins, who would later turn up on the In the Heat of the Night, plays a, um, uh, an African-American man who is, uh, finds himself a victim of the, uh, racist, of the racism, racism of the time and uh, just refuses to, to take it. And it uh, has a standoff. And James Cagney returned to film after a 20-year hiatus for this film. He is simply fantastic in this movie uh it's not just uh him doing some shtick he's really giving it his all and uh this is this is such a, it's a long movie two hours 35 minutes uh but wow 
what a uh, just full of great performances and, and great drama and a, a great feel for the turn of the century. And I could not recommend Ragtime uh, more. I think it's out there streaming and it's available in a Blu-ray overseas. Uh, the DVD, I think, is out of print. But Steve Martin's uh, film that was released that year, also Pennies from Heaven, that's one that uh, is kind of forgotten in the catalog of Steve Martin films. And this is another film that kind of failed. Ragtime failed at, at the box office, as did Pennies from Heaven because it's sort of a dramatic turn. Uh, it's basically the story of a sheet music salesman in the 1930s who fantasizes about the sheet music that he sells. And uh, it's directed by Herbert Ross, who also did Steel Magnolias and Footloose. And boy, uh, Christopher Walken co-stars in this, and he has this incredible tap dance sequence in this movie where he tap dances on a bar. Uh, boy, uh, this film has so much energy, but it, it is somewhat downbeat. Uh, and I will warn people about that. If you're expecting the uh, Steve Martin from The Jerk and things of that nature, it does have uh, some something of a downbeat uh, ending and a, and a bit of a, a kind of a, a, a downbeat vibe. But just a wonderful, wonderful movie uh, that is uh, sadly neglected in the catalog of Steve Martin films, I think. So that that is, is another one. Southern Comfort starring Powers Booth and Keith Carradine uh, is about a, a couple of... Uh, men who are in the National Guard, they go off on weekends for the National Guard and they go down to Louisiana and they, uh, the, their, their group starts uh, antagonizing some, um, some, some of the locals. And it turns out that the local good old boys, uh, they don't want to, <laughs> they're not, they're not going to stand for that. And so they take on the National Guard and boy, it becomes a cat and mouse game throughout through the woods and uh, boy. What a great movie, too. So uh, directed by Walter Hill, who also made The Warriors. Uh, I want to mention that. So uh, those awesome. are all of you. We, we, uh, we, we got an email from, uh, from JJ from Hickory uh, just as you were talking, and he said, uh, tell Adam that he had me at Christopher Walken. So I think he's going to check out uh, Pennies from Heaven <laughs> just because <laughs> you mentioned Christopher Walken. <laughs> yeah. We are uh, talking uh, the movies, uh, some of the films of 1981 that speak to us for one reason or another. And uh, I've always been fascinated by time travel. I've also always been fascinated by uh, the, the comedy of Monty Python. And so when Time Bandits came out in November uh, of 81, I knew that I had to see it. And the storyline uh, follows this young boy who uh, ends up accidentally joining this band of time traveling dwarfs. Yeah, that's that's what I said, time traveling dwarfs. And they jump from era to era uh, looking for treasures to steal, uh, written by uh, Monty Python's Terry Gillum. Um, uh, Michael Palin also stars uh, in this with Gillum and Sean Connery, John Cleese, and uh, Shelley Duvall also have roles uh, in this film. It, it, this is one of those that, uh, Adam, I go back to time and time again, just because of the humor, but also uh, the effects and the stylistically, I, I love what Gillum always finds a way to do. And I appreciate his work uh, and appreciate his work in, in drama, but also especially comedy. And so Time Bandits is one of those that is without a doubt uh, on my list of films that I will go back to for the year that was 1981. I totally agree. Uh, Time Bandits is a lot of fun. Uh, and and I, would, I would also recommend that as well. Uh, I would also, a couple other ones that I don't want to leave off. Uh, one is Body Heat, directed by uh, Lawrence Kasdan. 
And this is Lawrence Kasdan had, uh, we just mentioned Raiders of the Lost Ark. He had uh, in Continental Divide, he wrote both of those and he also pinned The Empire Strikes Back. So those were a few, I mean, that's three solid heavy hitters right there. And so he finally got his chance to direct with Body Heat, which is a fantastic uh, throwback to the film noir uh, genre of the 1940s. Uh, It's William Hurt as a not too smart lawyer who gets involved with a, a, a woman played by Kathleen Turner who convinces him to murder her husband. And I won't say any more than that, but boy, what what a great film. Uh, and one more, Thief, with James Caan, directed by Michael Mann. Uh, I think you know a little bit about uh, Mr. Uh, Michael Mann there. Uh, I think you might have met him <laughs> at some point in time. Absolutely. But, uh, yeah, this was his film debut, uh, and it's uh, about a um, the thief of the film's title, played by James Caan, a, a terrific uh, supporting performance by Willie Nelson in this film, of all people. And uh, Robert Prosky, the great character actor Robert Prosky, and um, it's a, it's about a, a thief trying to make one last score. And uh, Tuesday Weld is is the uh, the female love interest, also just great, great Tangerine Dream score. Uh, wow, just a great great film debut for Michael Mann, just uh, incredible. So. Um, Anyway, those those are a few. And Superman 2, how can we not mention that? Which technically was released in December of 1980 overseas in Europe. Did not make it to the United States shores until uh, the summer of 80. But uh, what can you say? I mean, Superman 2 is, is a good, solid sequel. Absolutely. All great choices. And uh, I think I'm going to wrap up things with uh, yet another uh, horror film, uh, Michael Caine, uh, starring as a comic book artist who loses his hand, truly loses his hand. It, it, after an accident, it's gone. Nobody can find it. But some murderous things start to happen, and we all seem to think that maybe the hand has something to do with this. Oliver Stone directed this piece. It really is pure chaos and craziness, and it's a horror thriller. And I think it's one of those that uh, gets lost under the radar um, for, for so many reasons, uh, it kind of ties into what I said earlier on, Adam, that I'm, I'm drawn uh, in the 80s, especially with these horror films. And, and that is one, without a doubt, that, that is on my list. Uh, it's called The Hand. If you can find it, uh, it, it may be worth your time. Uh, any yeah, uh, final thoughts or comments? You, yeah, not to interrupt. I'm sorry. Uh, I just wanted to mention to our, our viewers that The Hand was released on Blu-ray just last week by... Screen Factory in a brand new Blu-ray edition with a new audio commentary by Mr. Stone himself. And there's, uh, I think, a featurette on there about the makeup or something. So anyway, uh, The Hand has just been given a a brand new transfer and a brand new Blu-ray edition. So uh, uh, this is your lucky day, I guess. All right, Adam, we got time for you just to mention quickly one more, and I'll mention one more as well before we wrap things up for the year that was 1981. Oh, my pleasure. Uh, Albert Brooks' second film, following his 1979 debut as a director and star and writer, co-writer, I should say, Modern Romance is a terrific film about the uh, the breakup of a uh, a man going through a breakup and and all the uh, and, and then getting back together and breaking up. So anyway, very funny stuff. Yeah, Modern Brooks. Romance from March of 1981 and uh, April 10th of 81, Nighthawks, uh, terrorist. In New York, undercover elite cops uh, and Stallone, Billy D. Williams, Rutger Hour, and the bionic woman herself, Lindsay Wagner, Nighthawks, uh, one of those that kind of flew under 
the radar, but uh, worth my time anyway from 1981. I really appreciate everybody spending time with us, uh, listening to us talk about uh, some of the films that spoke to us from 1981. Uh, I'll leave you with a movie quote from that same year from Time Bandits. Do be careful. uh, Don't lose any of that stuff. That's concentrated evil. One drop of that could turn you all into hermit crabs. So nobody wants to be a hermit crab. That's the lesson for today's show. Uh, Adam Long, uh, people can find you on Movie Geeks United, Focus Newspapers, anywhere else you want to send people to, to check out your work. Oh, you know, the regular stuff, Facebook, Twitter. You can just put my name in, do a search. You'll find me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I am Milton Manning II. I do appreciate you, Adam, for spending time with us uh, talking about the films that were 1981 uh, right here on Meet Me at the Movies. And we look forward to having you back sometime in the not-too-distant future. And for all those spending time with us, we know you've got better things to do. And uh, when you take the time for us, we do want to thank you. So thank you. Until next time, I am Noel Manning. For Meet Me at the Movies and for Adam Long and for all of us right here, the cast and crew um, for C19 TV and WGWG.org, that's a wrap. Mm-hmm.